Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. All right, let's jump in today to our message, and we're going to dive right in. And we're going to try to land the plane pretty early today because we do want to honor Crystal and, and with the shower and hope that everybody can stay. Look at your neighbor and say, let your light shine. We're really going to talk about some things today that are going to help us. And, and I think the Lord is going to speak to us. And we're on a journey. How many of you have been at least challenged? Or could we shut that door back there, please? Or one of those doors or some door? How many of you have been at least challenged? Or <laughs> can we send them outside? No, I'm just kidding. How many of you have been at least challenged and encouraged through these series of messages to really let your light shine, to be the light in the world. Didn't Luis do a fantastic job last week? Let's encourage the preacher man, Luis. I'm kind of kind of glad he's going back to Peru because you guys might want him to preach all the time, and I might be out of a job. So, uh, But we honor Luis. He did a great job last week. So we're talking about shine. Letting your light shine before men is easier than you think. What we want to do is take this and make it a new natural normal. We want to take this mystical evangelism, mystical sharing your faith, we want to bring it home to an easy and, and real and natural thing that we can do and we can walk through. So, Lord, we thank you for this message. Thank you. You've birthed this in our heart. And as you said in Matthew 5, 14, we are the light of the world. And, Lord, we declare we will let our good deeds shine before all to see so that everyone will praise our Heavenly Father. And Lord, we thank you that you're encouraging us and speaking to us, and we just give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right, look at our slide for reach. We've given you an acrostic for reach. And we're going to reach the right people. And that starts with really readying your life. And we've been praying over the last number of weeks for six families, six people who we know who are far away from God. And if you're, if you've missed a few weeks, if you're just jumping in today, start praying now. And then we took that list of six and we narrowed it down to three. And we've been praying and asking God for ways that we can engage them through kindness. And hopefully you've began to do some acts of kindness towards those people. If not, it's not too late jump in and begin to take three of those families up pull back up that full acrostic if you can there we go and and we begin to engage them through kindness and then today we're going to actually be developing how we advance towards a relationship and how we connect them to our church community and then we're going to land the plane at the end of our series will be how do we now help them grow in christ how do we hand them over to the lord once we have established this a relationship and just a couple of things that i want to a point out from you. We gave you this um, PowerPoint for life, and, and it says sharing your faith is a part of who you are. Sharing your faith is not just something we do. It is a part of who you are. And we told you this. We said people may not always remember what you say, but they will always remember how they felt around you. How many of you know some people you just get around like Joseph, man? You just feel good when you get around this guy. You just, you, people may not always remember everything you say, but they will remember how they felt around you. And you know, as chaplains, Pastor Michael and myself, we really lean into that because there's a lot of times we don't have the words to say. But we want to bring the presence of the Holy Spirit into a tragic situation. And so this is a tremendous thing. It, it's not always what we say, but it's how do people feel around us? Do they feel the presence of the Lord? Do they feel accepted? I mean, you can feel acceptance when it walks in the room. Do they feel, uh, you know, like they can, they can belong? And so then we begin to give you some practical ways 
about engaging your neighbor in kindness. And, and you'll see these on the screen. Number one was be aware of your surroundings. One of the things I teach my kids all the time is Proverbs 22, and I think it's verse 9. He with a generous eye will be blessed. He with a, I love that because I'm always looking to be a blessing. Always looking. I love it when people call us and they need things and we can work with Kitco and, and we can do servant leader of the month. And why are we always giving stuff away? Because he with a generous eye is blessed. He is always looking to be a blessing shall be blessed. So be aware of your surroundings. How many of you would admit through this series, you have become more aware that you need to be more aware of your surroundings? At the cashier line, at the gas station, with our family, with our coworkers. I've been much more aware through this series that I need to engage my coworkers on a greater level because it's easy to just show up, do your job, and leave. And you become so familiar and so accustomed. Even as a pastor, you become so, you just, you just get used to doing life. And we talked about the parable of the Good Samaritan where he was aware of his friend. And then it, we, we, we read that story about you be the neighbor. The question is not who is my neighbor as the Pharisees asked, the lawyer asked. The question is you be the neighbor. It's more about you and your character and your heart than who the neighbor is. God will sort that out, but you be the neighbor. And then the third thing is we said, see something, do something. Would you say that with me out loud? Ready? See something, do something. And when you ask God to give you opportunities, guess what? He will give you opportunities. And so the fourth thing is be willing to pay the cost and be willing to take a risk. Let me ask you a question. If you step out in faith and you do an act of kindness and you do it in the name of the Lord, what is the worst thing that can happen to you? What is really the risk? There is a cost involved many times, but what is really the risk? They don't say thank you, and they just leave, and you never see them again? What damage have you done? What risk is there to step out and show someone kindness and love them? Worst thing is they never, you know, uh, acknowledge that, or they don't, you know, do it. That's the worst thing. They're not going to punch you in the nose, amen? Just bless somebody. Take the risk. And so that's how we begin to engage in kindness. And so now today we're going to journey on as we advance towards relationship and as we work on connecting them to our church community. Because if we can connect them to the church community, we have a great opportunity to connect them to Christ. So we're just I'm just going to talk through some things this morning. Didn't Jesus say in Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So when we are following Christ, we should be fishing for men. And having know to fish for men, it takes a relationship. There is such a thing as confrontational evangelism. We're on the streets and you say, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? And, and God can use that, not demeaning that. There's opportunities for the waitress and the waiter that you don't know. Luis and Pastor Rick led a server to the Lord just a few weeks ago that they didn't have a relationship with. But most of the time when God is going to use you, it's going to be through someone that you have a relationship with. So what, what I want you to mem remember is this phrase. Count the conversations, not just the conversions. Count the conversations because conversations count not just conversions. We, we want conversions. We want to see people take that step of faith. But they will never really get to that point of that step of faith, at least with you, if you don't at least start the conversation. So we go in and we want to just get the conversion, you know. We want, we want to be walking through the mall and see somebody sitting on the bench and we want to go over and say, the Lord says get saved today. We want tears, you know. We want them to cry. We want them to just fall down. And we, I was just waiting on somebody to tell me how to get saved. I was just hoping you'd come by my way. 
And that can happen. I've seen that kind of thing happen. But the, the reality is God wants you to at least start by having a conversation. We're not just going after the conversion. Let's lower the bar a little bit and let's at least start the conversation. We need to count conversations because every conversation is a seed. So here's what we're going to do now. We've taken the six that we've been praying over. We narrow that down to three that we are doing acts of kindness for. And as God uses you in acts of kindness, I want you to pick one, maybe two of those six that you narrowed down to three. Pick one, maybe two, and ask God for the opportunity and ask God for the faith to advance in their life and towards a relationship. You know, you could invite someone over for dinner. How many know most people don't turn down a free dinner? Well, how many of you would say, honestly, that you have invited someone over for dinner and they just flat out said, no, I will never eat at your dirty house. <laughs> okay, Carrie, might want to clean your house. I think. Seriously, I have taken so many people out to dinner, people that didn't even really like me very much, but if they find out or think I might pay, then they're probably going to you know, go out to dinner with me. Seriously, honestly, how many of you would say I have really legitimately more than once maybe been rejected when I asked somebody out to lunch? Just because they didn't like me. Or, or dinner. How many of you have ever asked a, a coworker or family or friend or somebody over for a game night? Pizza, come over, we're going to play games, have a game night, we're going to connect. And maybe your neighbor or something. And they legitimately said, no, I just don't like you. Actually, I think you're terrible. Hey, come on, honestly, anybody in the house? Point proven. If you have a coworker who enjoys sporting events, well, I don't know if my coworkers enjoy sporting events. That's the problem. We're not engaging in conversations to find out what people like, to find that common ground. If you have a coworker, I have a coworker who likes sports, and I'm thinking of a way to, to I'm going to try to buy some UT tickets, and I'm going to say, hey, man, I got an extra ticket. Once you go to a game and hang out with me? And I'm, I'm really thinking that, that he probably will because people want to connect. They want a commonality with people. So if you have a coworker who loves to, to, you know, hang out and do sporting events, you can invite them. Now, men with men and women with women. Can I have an amen? I mean, you know, guys, you don't need to be taking the lady out because they like coffee. Okay. Leave that to the ladies. We got to have wisdom. Amen. I mean, you know, Miss Tara might not be happy if I start having coffee with all these random ladies that I'm trying to reach. So obviously you understand that. Use wisdom. That They may say no. They probably would say, oh, you're creepy. Get away from me. <laughs> but when, when is the last time? That, and, and well, I don't know. What if, they, what if they say no? What if they say no? Then at least they know you cared enough to ask. The challenge in my heart, Chad, is I've got coworkers that I need to reach for the Lord, and I haven't even cared enough to ask. Hey, man, you want to go to lunch today? Now, maybe I'm busy. I can't. I mean, I understand that. But he's not just going to reject me. Or, hey, i got an extra ticket to a Tennessee game. I can't think of anybody else I'd rather go with than you. Can we go? And you, he may, he may get drunk as a skunk. You know what? I'll roll him out. You know, <laughs> yeah, this guy's with me. You know, I, but I haven't, even, I haven't even thought enough to ask, care enough to ask. And so the Lord has really convicted me and challenged me. I mean, some of your neighbors may really like to cook. They may have a deal with that. And, and ask them, can we cook? The goal is to find common ground. And then our goal is not, not just for the conversion, like we're not going in for the kill immediately. I'm in sales, and there are certain questions they teach you in sales that you don't ask for. I, I work with lending and loans, and we help people buy houses, and we have to have your social security number. I can't help you if you don't give me your social security number. But when you answer the phone, say, hello, this is Susan. Hi, Susan, this is James, first choice. Well, give me your social security number. How many know that's probably not going to go over too well? 
You can't go in for the kill immediately. You have to build rapport. You have to build that relationship. And I've got like 10 things I have to ask, and I'll ask all nine, and then the very last thing, oh, by the way, before I get off the phone, I need your social security number. What have I done? I broke down the walls. I broke down. Y'all like, that's sneaky. No, that's good sales. Amen. That's how we pay the bills. And so that it, what you got to do is you got to build that relationship. You got to break down the walls. So the, the first time you take your neighbor out may not be the time to just, well, now that I've got your attention, you are a sinner, and you are going to hell the first time may not be the right time you have to advance slowly towards relationship maybe it comes up the first time but just let God work this out let this process work out. and our goal our job is to have a loving genuine relationship I'm not just going for the conversion my heart has to be I want an honest genuine relationship with you and I want you to know that I care about you how many have you ever heard the term evangelism fail Seeing somebody, you know, really fell out of evangelism. Why don't you watch this video of a way that we do not want to evangelize our neighbors? Check this out. It's the right time to have a conversation. And then clearly there is a wrong time to have a conversation. So what we want to learn to do is we want to, we want to advance towards this relationship. And then as God opens the door and the way is there and it's natural and it's loving, then you begin the journey of connecting them with our church community. Connecting them with our church community. I'm going to change the way you think about this. Uh, you probably never heard what I'm going to share. Maybe you have, but this is a new revelation God's been developing in my heart. I started this out by saying connect them to church. But really what we're trying to do is connect them to the church community. I want to free you here. I think for years, Miss Susan, we've been doing evangelism wrong because all the pressure is on me to reach my friends and all the pressures on me to lead my neighbors to Jesus. What if you connected them to your church community and then we share the load? We share the burden. Here's an example. And it, it all begins with relationship. It all begins with commonality. I may not have a dadgum thing in common with my neighbor, in common with my neighbor. We may be totally opposite, totally different. So, but, I, but he's on my heart. God wants to use him, but I know he's, let's say a gun enthusiast. He's got antique guns and he's into, 
shooting ranges and just kind of a gun enthusiast. I can bring him to church. And the first thing I'm going to do is connect him with Pastor Michael and Tom Lawson and TC because these guys know about guns. They're gun enthusiasts. So don't try anything when I'm preaching, amen. That's just a little hint right there. These guys are gun enthusiasts, all right? They know about that stuff. So guess what I've done? I've come in the door. I've brought my neighbor, but I don't have a bond. I don't, I'm not really into that thing. All I know is, you know, gun goes bang and, you know, and all that. I don't know the history of them and how they're made and how they work. But man, Tom does. Man, TC does. Hey, uh, Mr. Daber Joe, didn't you say that you're into guns and all that and you collect them? TC was, is a Marine and he's this and that. And, and man, boom, instantly, guess what? And I back away and guess what? Now they're connected to community. Now the burden to reach them is on Tom and TC and Pastor Michael. I'm no longer trying to reach them by myself. I bring someone in. I know they're a cooking deal and they love to cook and they know all about this and that. Guess who I'm going to connect them with? Susan and Candy and all these people that love to cook. And all of a sudden now, Susan and Candy are sharing the burden. So I'm connecting them to my church community. And if you're just boring and don't have any hobbies, then you need to get a hobby, amen? So we can use you to help bear the burden. So we're going to bear this together. Look at this PowerPoint for life. I want you to see this. The best way for people to see Jesus... The best way for people to see Jesus happened yesterday. I could walk through Lonsdale with my little tracks and say, you need to be saved. And the Holy Spirit can work with that. That's a, I'm not demeaning that. We may have some success and might lead someone to the Lord. But the best way for people to see Jesus is to see his church, which is people, which is our church community, alive and full of purpose and full of passion. The best way that I can think of to introduce people to Jesus is to let them meet you all. So behave when we bring guests, amen? Not in a weird, spooky, critical way, but the best way for people to see Jesus is his church alive and full of purpose. Now, I want to help you here because our job is as pastoral staff, is to facilitate community. We're going to talk in a minute more about that. We can't make you connect. I can't make you get involved in community, but we can facilitate it. So we're, we're talking about connecting them to our church family, ch connecting them to our church community. Pull up the next slide. I want to show you some things that we have coming up. We, we have prayerfully launched some initiatives in connection with this series. This series is leading into this. We're going to be la launching a new initiative called House to House Dinners. We'll give you more on that dates. But what we're going to do is we're going to take the entire congregation. We're going to divide you into groups and pods. And we're going to send you to three or four houses throughout the city. And you're going to host a dinner that night for everybody. So we'll have basically a church-wide dinner, but we'll be spread out in three or four neighborhoods. What an opportunity, yes, to connect with Carrie, yes, to hang out with Chad and Kelly, but what an opportunity to ask my neighbor if I'm the host home, hey, I'm having some folks over for church, we're grilling out, doing barbecue, why don't you and your wife join us? And then instantly we have an opportunity to share the burden. Now it's not just on me, but now Chad and Kelly assume that burden. Now Leah, if she's at my house eating dinner, now she's got the burden to connect with these people. And then this is so exciting. September 28th, it's a Friday night. We're having a family feud game night. It's going to be right here. It's, we'll give you the times later. But do not miss that. Yes, come and fellowship. Yes, come and connect. But what an opportunity for you. Our goal is, can I be honest with you? We're not trying to be sneaky. Our goal is for us to connect with one another. But our goal is to give you an opportunity where you can put this series into action. You've got between now and September 28th to advance to a relationship enough with your neighbors and coworkers where you can bring them to the game night. 
And we'll have fun, and hopefully they connect with community, and they go, you know what? Jesus is not so bad. Jesus is not so spooky. Because, you see, people have an idea of church. You know, maybe you wear a suit and tie. Maybe I come in with tattoos. People judge me. You know, maybe I'm married to someone of a different culture, and you will look down on me. People have all kinds of bad concepts of church. So when they walk in the door, we say church is normal. Church is real people. Church is not spooky. And then October 12th, we're going to have a hallelujah hoedown. We're going to have a chili cook-off. Can I have an amen? We're bringing in a guy that's going to do square dance calls. We've rented the facility at Harvest Park. We're having a square dance. Do-si-do, do-si-do. We really are. It's going to be awesome. You're going to have your little straw hats on. We're having a hallelujah hoedown. But you know what the tragedy of that night will be? If it's just us. And again, thank God for just us. We need just us time. But it will be a tragedy if it is just us. Let's not waste these opportunities. These are connection events. If you say, well, I'm embarrassed to bring them to church because my pastor may not behave. Well, bring them to the hallelujah hoedown, okay? If you've got a neighbor that loves to cook, have them enter their chili. We're going to have a, a gift card or something to give away for a chili contest. I don't know if Rita can even enter because she's like the multi-year champion. So, I mean, it's just like a given if she enters. Every time we eat at her house, I'm like, I'm eating award-winning chili. How many of y'all appreciate and love Rita's chili? Come on, encourage her. If she enters, we might as well not even have a competition. I mean, it's pretty much over. So, The other day, she cooked her chili, and I went, and, and her, she is Graham to us affectionately for my, grand, my, kid, my kids, her grandkids. And I said, Graham, I said, this chili's not as good as last time. And she looked at me like, who do you think you are? And I said, it's better. <laughs> and I meant to do that. But, and you know, your pastor was in trouble for about 20 seconds. But let's have a, we're going to have a hallelujah hold down. Everybody go, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Square dances, chili, hanging out, fun. What a tragedy, though, if we don't connect and bring someone who we know needs what we have. And then November 18th, we're going to have a life-giving Thanksgiving outreach. You know, there are people who love to serve and give and bless, and they may not want to come to church, but I know people that have a good heart who would actually come to the event we did yesterday. If I'd had the care and the unction to say, hey, my church is going to be serving Lonsdale. We're doing blow-ups and popcorn and face painting. Would you want to come hang out with us? They probably may not go to church, but because they've just got a good heart, and they, they care about people genuinely, they probably would have came and, and participated and served. But I didn't even think or care enough to ask them. So we, I wasted an opportunity with some folks that I know that would just come and hang out. They may not even love Jesus yet, but they can just serve and connect. We've got to change the way we think about reaching people. So we're going to have a life-giving outreach for Thanksgiving. And we can. there is somebody in your office. There's somebody on your college campus. There's somebody in your family who just is helpful. How many of you know somebody that's just helpful, but they're maybe not a believer? They can come and serve. Then December 7th, we're going to be having our annual church Christmas party. Again, what a great time to hang out, fellowship, and connect. But what an awesome opportunity to reach someone for the Lord as well. You know, we, we've got to learn when we are talking to people, we've got to learn to speak their language. Now, I ain't talking about like, you know, if it's a young, you know, hip guy, you know, like Bruce, like, yo, what's up, homie? What's up, dude? You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't, I can't see, you know, I, I can't see Carrie coming up. Yo, sup, yo, my brother from another mother, you know, you got to be yourself. But we got to learn. To, did did y'all like that? I feel the need to floss right now. Have y'all seen my floss, man? It's awesome. I call the granny, it's called the granny floss. 
How many of you are glad on CD the podcast people can't? It's all audio on the podcast. But we got to learn to speak the same language, okay? Be, be normal, be natural, but just be yourself. Check out this video about someone who just wasn't being their self. Check this out. Hola! Hola, amigo! Hola, mi amigo! Hola, amigo! Hola, mi amigo! Por favor, uno momento. Ah. Hola, vecino. Uh, te gustera venir uh, conmigo a la iglesias el domingo. Mi iglesias es muy dorito. Dur dorito? Uh, oh, <laughs> dervitido. Uh, y se puede transformar tu vida de pecano. Oh, pecado, pecado. <laughs> not, not pecano, but, but, uh, pecano says muy delicioso. See? 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 See, I, See? I don't even know, See? I don't even know what you're saying. You speak English? Yes. You're not a Spaniard. Well, I'm a quarter Hispanic, but I don't, I don't speak the language. Seriously? Yeah, I never... Seriously? I never learned the language. Seriously? What were you saying? Never mind. <laughs> oh, let's invite someone, but don't do it like that, amen? What we want to do is we, 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 we learn, we want to learn to speak the same language. Here's what I'm talking about as, as far as letting your light shine and learning the language. There, there's a, there's a, there's a disconnect between how we act and behave and what we do at church versus what we do out there. Look at this next slide. We've got to let our light shine. Keep your light switch on. Keep your light switch on at all the time. Can I be honest with you? When I come to church, man, my light is on and I'm, I'm giving an altar call and I'm standing up here and the words just form off my mouth and it's just easy. This is easy for me. You know when it's hard? You know when it's real? When it's one-on-one with a coworker. Because my light's shining bright. Man, my light was shining yesterday. I got the big Kiko van behind me. I got DJ Jazz kicking some beats. Man, my light was shining. Let's get saved. Y'all need Jesus, man. But when it's Monday and I walk in my office, sometimes I flip a switch. And I'll tell God, oh, I fish for men, man. I preached a word on Sunday. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. God says, if you're not fishing for men during the week, are you really fishing for men? This is what's been growing in my heart, not just what I do on Sundays. Yes, let your light shine on Sundays, but ladies and gentlemen, is our light always on? Is your light always on? Who would light a candle and hide it under a, a bushel basket? No, 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 you light a candle and put it on the lampstand for all to see. Is your light always on? Uh, we won't look at it, but 2 Corinthians 3, Paul says this. He says, we are living epistles written and read of all men. You are a living letter. You know what the best billboard for Jesus is? You. You are a living letter. You're a letter that is alive. But we've got to make sure our light is switched on. Look at this slide about people who reach people. Just something I want to develop for just a minute. People who reach others are on a journey to become a disciple themselves. You can't give what you don't have. 
So that's why I'm so proud of you for being here on a Sunday. So proud of you for serving yesterday. So proud of you for involving in life group and involving in our small groups and involving our Wednesday night Bible studies. Because people who actually reach others are on a journey to be more like Jesus. What did Jesus do? He reached people. And if I'm his learner, if I'm his follower, if I'm his actual disciple, I will do what my master did. I will, I will reach people like Jesus. Number, uh, letter B is, is they belong to a community of faith. We need each other. Community within community. Connections within the church body. And, and the people who really reach others are legitimately building their family around Christ and his church. It's just not some facade. Church is not what we do on the weekends. Being a Christian is who we are. It's a part of us. And then we are intentionally missional. You're not going to reach people by accident. So let me let me develop this for you just a little bit more. Let me take that and let me make it just a little bit more simple. Look at the next screen. I want you to see this. So let me let me let me dive a little deeper here. The person who reaches someone is a person with an ongoing authentic relationship with Jesus. When God has really touched your heart and there's something real on the inside of you, it will begin to come out. Look at John 15:5. John 15:5 declares this. Jesus said, "I am the vine. I am the life source." And you are the branches. Whoever abides, and that word abides is in the continual, continual, meaning we're not on with God one day and off the next. We're not in love with God one week and the next week we're not. This is abiding, remaining in. He who abides and remains in me, in the vine, in the life source. It says he will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So the closer I get to God, the more I'm in love with Jesus, The more I'm living and remaining in his word and in his body, the more fruit will show up in my life because I'm connected. I have an ongoing, authentic relationship with Jesus. True evangelism is not what we do. It is who we are. And this, without this part right here, Carrie, if this is not central to our teaching, if this is not at the foremost of everything we do, then life, the Christian life becomes religious, becomes routine, and becomes ritual. It becomes legalism. So our goal and our priority, are you ready? I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. You know what the purpose of shine is? You know what the purpose of reach is? It's not just to get you to go do evangelism. The purpose of the series is for you to have a healthy, living, vibrant, authentic relationship with Jesus. And we know that when you are healthy, you will reproduce. When you are healthy, fruit will show up in your life. And that is our goal in this series. Look back here at number two, Jared, on that on that same slide. It is a person who is growing from the inside out. If I'm going to reach my family and my neighbors, I must continue to grow I must continue to invest in wisdom. Look at Galatians 4.19. Paul prayed this for his church, the church at Galatia. He said, I, am, I, am, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains. Notice here, he said, I feel like I'm giving birth. I feel like I'm having labor pains over you in prayer. I'm I'm." Painting for you again until Christ is fully developed in your life. Can I confess something to you? I can't tell you that there are too many people in my life that I know who are far away from Christ that I'm painting over as if I was laboring in birth because they are not yet where they need to be with God. 
Can I be honest with you? I'm not always obsessed with eternity. It's easy to be obsessed with eternity on a Sunday because we're in church. That's what we're supposed to do. But on Monday, am I obsessed with eternity? Do you know what happens to folks in eternity without Jesus? Do we know? Do we understand what, what happened? We, we all get so used to our eternal salvation and security that we forget there's a lost, dying, hurting humanity out there, and they need me. I don't want to be standing in, in, in heaven one day and and here's the here's the here's a couple of folks from the office. I'm like, hey man, good to see you. Where's John? Oh, John didn't make it. Oh, guess I should have had more conversations with John. Again, I can't, it's not my fault if John doesn't give his life to the Lord. I can't make him repent and follow God. But man, I can be obsessed with eternity enough where I care enough to live my life in in such a way. I'm not just not talking here about perfection but this is this is the ultimate goal that we're we're living and growing in a way where God uses us and we are obsessed with eternity enough that we share and care for our friends and family last one number 3 is this is a person I love this uh, back on that same screen this is a person who actually uses their gifts and uses their talents and they use their treasure and they use their influence to express God's love to other people let me say this to somebody This is good. This is from the Lord, I believe. You have something valuable on the inside of you. Say this with me, and I want you to do this. Say, say, I have something valuable on the inside of me. Well, I don't want to go to that church anymore because I'm just not getting anything out of it. How about you come to church to leave a deposit? Yes, come to church to get filled up. Yes, come to get your assignments. But how about when you come, you come to leave a deposit in the life of someone else. We are saved to serve. We are loved to be a lover of people. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are filled up so we can give out. The person who reaches people uses their gifts, talents, time, treasure, and influence to express God's love to other people. Look at Galatians 5.13. Paul said, you've been called to live in freedom, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your own sinful nature. Meaning, yeah, you've got it good. Yeah, you're blessed. Yeah, you got the joy of the Lord, but don't just keep that for yourself. He said, instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. One of the best passages in all the Bible that just lights my candle every time I read it's John 13. Look at this. If you ever feel like you're waning in your love for people. Read John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus said, now I'm giving you a new commandment. Jesus here, our Lord, our master says that we should love each other just as I have loved you. Everybody say, whoa. Thank you, half of you. Can the other half say, whoa. Do you realize, do you understand this? Do we get the magnitude? Of, who's, who's talking here in the words? What did Jesus say? He said, he said, Love each other as I've loved you. I mean, Jesus set the bar pretty high. I'm not even close to that. My Lord said, love each other as I've loved you, meaning it's possible. He wouldn't command me to do something that wasn't possible. Come on, church, right? It's possible to love like Jesus. He said, you should do this and you should love each other. Now look at verse 35. This is, this is it right here. This is the whole series. I could have just preached this one verse and been done. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. By this, what? Your love unto one another. When Leah loves 
people know she's a disciple. When Rick and Susan love and they love well, people will know that they're disciples. Do people know that you're a disciple? They will if you love. They will if you care. And engage with kind of, so here it is. Let's wrap it up. Jared, put all four of these up. This is how we do it. This is your take home today. Uh, the next one. This is it. This is what we leave with. This is our challenge for the week. We're going to shine. We're going to let men see our good deeds and glorify God. Here's how we do it. Take personal responsibility. Evangelism is not just up to the pastoral staff. You have a God-given responsibility from the Lord, and it's in the Great Commission. Take ownership of personal relationships, meaning advancing to relationships and connecting people to church and community is, is within your power. It is a responsibility. You must take ownership of creating those relationships. Number three, take time to tell your story. You have a story. Nobody can take your story from you. Nobody can take your story from you. Just share what, what God has done in your life. Some of you in this room have amazing stories. You have awesome testimonies. People could be encouraged by that. God will take your hurt. I feel this from the Lord. God wants to take your hurt, and he wants to make it someone else's help. Don't let your hurt just be an unredeemed hurt. Let your hurt be redeemed, and let God take that deepest, darkest hurt in your life that you don't even want to talk about. You, you begin, you feel sobby and cry just thinking about it because it's such a deep wound. Let God take that hurt and use that to help somebody else. Use redemptive, redeem what the enemy tried to steal. Use it for God's purpose. Whatever your hurt is, whatever it is, you think about it. How, how has God brought you through? Tell your story. And number four, take time to connect them to your church family. This is moving beyond just sharing our story, and it's actually taking the time to invite and invest and include. It's actually taking the time to invite them into our church community. And then we will work together. When you bring them in, we'll help you. If you don't know how to share the gospel, bring them in. We'll do it on a Sunday. If you, if you don't know how to, to, your words aren't there, and get them to a hallelujah hoedown. And we'll connect with them, love them, get them behind our Sunday. And one of these preachers in the house, we can share the gospel with them. Let's do this as a team. Let's do this together. Jesus said two are better than one. He sent his disciples out two by two. We're better together. So just connect them and invite and love and serve. And we will see God do something radical in our midst. Amen? And you know what, man? Best day in heaven is when I'm, a, I'm there checking in, you know, checking in my bags. And and somebody comes running up and says, man, James, look, I made it. I made it. I know you didn't think I would, but I made it. Man, you're here. And I'll know, man, I had a little part in that. I had a little opportunity in this person spending eternity with Jesus. Friends, it's worth it. Take personal responsibility. Take ownership of these relationships. Take time to tell your story and then take time to connect them to your church community. Amen? And then hand them over to God. Help them grow in their walk with Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. Amen. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that you are encouraging us today. Thank you that everyone in the room has something valuable on the inside of them. In Jesus' name. Would you just pray with me for a minute? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to really, really hear what the Spirit's saying. You have something valuable on the inside of you. There is a dream on the inside of you. And, and, and when so many times we feel unworthy, we feel like, well, I've sinned or I've not read my Bible or I've not prayed. Let me just encourage you that as you grow in the things of God,
you will see how valuable you are. God has placed a deposit on the inside of you. How many of you would raise your hand this morning by a sign of, of response, and you'd say, Pastor James, I needed to hear that I have something valuable in me. I needed to hear that God can use me to make a difference, and, and I have been convicted by this series, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can to let my light shine. Would you raise your hand if that's you? Yeah, amen. Many of you, you have something valuable to share. I want to ask Pastor Rick to come and just pray over you and pray a dismissal prayer. Let's make a difference for the Lord. Let's take your difference and my difference and let's put them together and let's make a major difference for the Lord. Pastor Rick, pray over everybody, bless them, and then we'll get ready for the baby shower. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word today. And we thank you for what an incredible example that Jesus left for us to follow. And um, we, Lord, Lord, we know that we won't ever attain perfection as our Savior, but we know that you use us. We know that you use us aside from our uh, shortcomings in the times that we fail. And so, Lord, I pray for every person here that they would be encouraged today. I pray that you would, this week, that you would give us divine opportunities and appointments with people that need prayer, that need encouragement, that need to know who you are. We pray that you would set us up with those things and help us to follow through. And we thank you for this time. We thank you for this time that we can we can bless Crystal and Josh today and bless their family. And we thank you for your goodness, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.